we are back. Hello, everyone. This is Top Bins with Twins. Luke here and Paul as well. We're going to bring you all the FPL assets that we think are essential and bring up some that we think that are not essential. Um, Paul, how are you doing? I'm all right. This um, FPL week is slowly wearing me down. It started out decently well for me, and now I have three Spurs players left to save my week. I'm currently sitting on like 42 points. And 41, I'm I think. 41. I'm very down this week, so let's hope that Tottenham performs. Sadly, I have to say, I hope Tottenham performs. I hope so, too. Um, but at the same time, doing this podcast alone will bring you right back to life. I'm sure it will. And you will be reinvigorated and ready to go mm-hmm. and cheer Absolutely. on those Spurs, right? Counterintuitively yeah, for you, but... That's wonderful. FPL gods have you rooting for the Spurs tomorrow. Yeah, it's um, kind of sad. Have, you have a triple up of Petro Poro, Madison, and Son, correct? Mm-hmm. You got it. Right. And Son is your captain as well. So yeah, pretty so pretty big earning potential there, I think. If we can get anything from any anything from Son, I'll take. Yeah. Hopefully you can get a nice Hopefully hopefully he plays. Yeah, let's hope. Um, Postacoglu did say that he should be playing and um, everyone came back healthy from international duty. He said that on Thursday, I believe. So hoping to see a big return from them. Um, But yeah, I think we're really looking forward to sharing with you all some of our essential FPL players that we think should be in every team. And we'll probably hit some differentials at some point and maybe some... Like we always do. Some, as we always do, maybe some players that are really not essential that a lot of people think are. Yeah. There, there's some out there. Like there's some catfishes right now in FPL. Oh, uh, they're everywhere, and a lot of them are probably in my team. <laughs> Kids don't trust who you talk to on the internet. Don't N- trust them. Definitely don't. Um, but remember, this is a safe place. You know, everyone's welcome here. Top ends with twins. Um, it's it's a lovely little place from what I hear. Um, you kind of talked about your team, so I'll talk about mine real quick. I am currently on fifty eight points. Brian and Bomo. And Ollie Watkins did the business for me. So really nice results there. Um, and I had Turner, Foden, and Hoyland blanking. I brought in Hoyland this week. I That one hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> I thought he could have been a great shout for this week with Sheffield. And he was two moments away from getting a brace, right? Mm-hmm. Very close margin on those. One across from Rashford and then the one-on-one with the keeper that got saved. So, um when you look at it on face value, not that great, but underlying numbers, you know, kind of show that it was not a bad choice. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, you know, hoping my Spurs triple up of Poro, Udogi, and Madison return. Give me something to kind of take back home and finish the week on a green arrow. So I'm um, looking forward to that match tomorrow between Spurs and Fulham. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that match tomorrow. So Yes, there is, for sure. We will certainly be watching. Um, yeah, we will. Well... How about we take a little break here, Paul, and we will come back with our discussion on who is essential and who is not. All right. We'll see you in a minute. All right, guys. Welcome back to Top Ends with Twins. We're just going to dive right into a little segment on talking about some essential FPL players that we see out there. And first, I want to start with Mo Salah. Ooh, the Egyptian king. Yeah, he is um, slowly proving over the season with consistency that assist and goals having both threats is something as an FPL asset that's kind of sets him apart, you know? So just to confirm, you do see him as a central Paul? 
I was going to get there. Okay. All right. We'll keep keep on going. Okay. So for me, if we look at, let's see, over the last couple of weeks, he has, what is it? I two, can read you off. So his last. So he has four goals in two weeks, essentially. Yeah. So five, five and four games. He has one blank in match week seven against Tottenham. Besides that, he has two goals in the last two matches. He seems to be in very good form right now. He seems to be like what we always talk about in this podcast is whenever I look at attackers, I want to see are they going to be a focal point of the attack and are they going to be in consistent threat each week to be the most prominent member in their team scoring goals or assisting goals. Right. And Mm -hmm. right now it seems like for Liverpool, solid checks all those boxes. So, yes, he is essential to me, even at the price point of 12.7. Yeah, I think so too, really. And if his upcoming fixtures, right, they have it's Nottingham yeah. Forest. Who's after that? So it goes, let me slide my notes. So it goes Nottingham Forest, Luton, Brentford, Man City, Fulham, and Sheffield. So, I mean, yeah. if you look at those matchups, I honestly prefer Liverpool and all of those besides City. Right, and they all seem to be good attacking fixtures for Liverpool. So mm-hmm. as long as Solace stays on the pitch and we don't have to have any injury concerns, I I think it's going to be really hard to not bring him in. And I'm kind of at the point with my team right now where I'm kind of frustrated with what they've done the last couple of weeks. So I may be wild carding and bringing in a team that considers Interesting. Okay, so if you uh, Anyone who's out there wildcarding, you would definitely suggest bringing him in into the wildcard. Yes, I absolutely would. Okay. And I have a hot take that we'll share later on the pod, but... Ooh, interesting. Okay. Um, What I think... Are you done Go with ahead. your thoughts on yeah, Salah? Um, I'm okay. Third author. Um, so Salah is currently at 38.4% owned, right? He has a total overall points total of 75 points over the last four weeks. He's returned 10 points, one point, kind of an outlier, 15 points, and then 16 points. That's a total of 42 points over the last four weeks. And that's massive, right? Having him in your team for that four-week span would be incredible for your club. And he's racking those points, especially because if you're going to have him in your team for what he does to the setup and formation-wise... He's got a return to justify him being in there. Yeah. And, and he is just like right him. now he is. Yeah, he is. And with their neck, especially the next two fixtures, I think that if you're going to wild card now, say going into game week 10, he's essential to have in your wild card team. You know what? This kind of reminds me of a little bit, Luke. What? Remember that run that Rashford ran last year where it was kind of like, OK, this is going to be the week it stops. This is mm-hmm. going to be the week. I think we may be kind of early into that with Sala where it's like people have started to move to him and you can see a lot of the, I guess a lot of the field somewhat moving that way, but right. it feels like you're going to be really left behind if you don't have him right now. Yeah. I, I think that's Which fair. Which is scary. It's only that doesn't happen. Both you know? of us currently sitting here without Salah. And I just have to say as a non Salah owner, I have a bone to pick with Ashley Young. Yeah. That double yellow into a red completely changed the match. Salah might've returned, might not have if that would have continued with Everton on 11 men. But going down to 10 just broke their back, especially right before half. It's a huge momentum killer and really just changed the match, right? Um, So we see Salah getting a big return, a lot of people captaining him. 
kills overall rank, right? Um, but ultimately, yes, I do think Salah is essential. If you are wild carding going into game week ten, if you don't have him, then you're playing very risky, right? Yeah. Um, exposing yourself to a lot of a lot of risk there, in my opinion. Yep. So, Salah essential in my opinion. Agreed. Next, how about let's talk about the uh, one of the best right backs in right backs in the entire league for sure the most attacking right back at the moment mm-hmm. Kieran Trippier he has put in an excellent excellent performance for Newcastle ever since coming to Newcastle right one of the cornerstones of them rebuilding the club there and he has not disappointed FPL teams this season mm-hmm. right up and up to this point he has 59 points overall for FPL but here's the craziest thing about that. Out of those 59 points, 46 of them have come in the last four weeks. It's mad. How crazy is that? If you look at his past four weeks, he had 18, then 12, then 6, and then 10. Right? That, for a defender, I mean, it just shows hauls, that dude. his price point, he's undervalued. Right? Mm-hmm. Trent, highly overvalued this season. Trippier, in my opinion, undervalued and frankly essential. If you're yeah. if you're putting together a wild card draft, I think you have to have Trippier and Slaw in your draft. I, would I agree. think they're both that essential. Yeah, that I mean that's if you look at that, I mean what that eats up, what basically almost twenty million right there. Mm-hmm. A little more, but yeah. I mean, even if that is like one fifth of all your all the money you have, I think you're getting um, honestly, probably a discount, especially from Trippier's side. And we'll get into this a little bit later on, but until Holland starts having multi goal games, you can get away with not having him in your team, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you make the right captaincy choice, then things are somewhat okay with the team. So, something we'll dive into a little bit more later on. But um, Trippier is an amazing asset. In my opinion, he is 100% essential. What do you think, Paul? I totally agree for all the points you just made and bonus point machine. Newcastle has a good run of fixtures going forward. It just appears to me that could you it's not gonna slow down. Could you outline outline what those um fixtures are for the listeners? Yeah, so it goes Wolves, Arsenal, which is a tough one. That one's tough. And then Bournemouth, Chelsea, United, and Everton. So it's it's not the easiest fixture. Like honestly, I'd look at that and say at a difficulty level it's probably a five out of ten. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in that in that area, but it also feels like that for Trippier, he's gonna get even, even if we look at him in a certain perspective. Of course, we want the clean sheets. Of course, we want all that. But it just seems like he's gonna get returns even without a clean sheet if they don't get one. Yeah, agreed, agreed. He's one of those players where he could lose a clean sheet but still manage bonus points, mm-hmm. right? Which, which, is, which is which is absolutely extremely crazy. rare for a defender. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I think, I think he's a great, great option. And if he's not on your team, then you either probably have plans to get him in really soon, or you're going to probably keep hurting a little bit in mm-hmm. my opinion. So yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, do we want to head to our next topic? Yeah, go ahead. Take it away, sir. Yeah. Okay. So next we have Erling Holland. Is he necessary in an FPL team? What do you think my answer is going to be to this, Luke? I think your answer is going to be no. You're correct. I don't think he's necessary to be into it in your FPL team right now. And honestly, the reason why I give that answer 
is because you can easily get into the Man City attack with Alvarez and you can save a lot of money and kind of redistribute that around. And to me, it's kind of like, I think if Holland's going to haul, Holland's going to haul. <laughs> I think Alvarez is going to be associated with that. So you're going to kind of cut your losses a little bit, but you're still yeah. in the city attack. And Alvarez is, I mean, if you look at it, Alvarez has 57 total points this this season. And Holland, Holland has, has 63. 63. I mean, look, look, if you just played that the whole, the way where you took Alvarez from the beginning of the year, which honestly we didn't think Alvarez was probably going to have this great of a year so far. Right. Right. Some of us on this podcast thought it was going to be Foden having that year. I thought so, man. He's but still, Foden still played still, really well, he, but he, not the FPL season. I just had to bring it up just to bother you a little bit. But um, <laughs> my, my whole thing is that like you, if you would have had Alvarez and redistributed the funds to say Sala or any other way around that, like you could boost the rest of your team to the extreme where you really wouldn't miss Holland. Yeah. That's a very good point that we can justify having other city assets in order to replace Holland which is something that we thought would be unimaginable at points in last year, right? Um, but I have to be honest. I kind of agree with you that I think Holland is not necessarily essential, but that's at this point, almost all the way through game week nine. Game week 10, he could back a hat trick. Yeah, and this 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 is the whole thing. That's, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, keep quick, going, keep going, yeah. But we have this discussion about Holland. Is he essential? Is he not? If you move away from Holland, don't blame us. If he goes on a run where in five five weeks in a row he has two goals. If he has ten goals over f- over five weeks, it's entirely possible. Hat tricks are possible. Hat tricks and two assists are possible. Like. It is, right? And this this is the craziest thing about it. Holland's ownership currently is hovering around 87%, right? But at this point, so this is Sunday night of game week nine. He has already been transferred out 53,000 times by managers. How crazy is that? We never thought we'd get to this point where it's more, it's a mass exodus of Holland, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And this week it paid off for people, right? If you wildcarded Holland out and had Salah on your team, you're good to go. You're fine as long as you have Alvarez. It's not a problem. So it's just crazy. I think there's a lot of fear here that's dominating people's decisions because we've seen him haul so many times and it's against really good teams. So it's not like he's fixture dependent. He's he's fixture independent. I just think that I don't know if I personally have the ability to take Holland out out of the fear of, you know, him being too much and him being I don't know his effective ownership really scares me. So there is a lot of anxiety associated with transferring Holland out. I agree. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's also a bold move there. to make. And maybe, maybe some of us need a bold move at this point. Maybe, but that's usually where you get in trouble. I know. So, okay, let's just break this down real fast before we wrap up on Holland. He told currently, as we said earlier, has 63 total FPL points. He has returns of six, two, two and eight over the last four weeks for a grand total of 18 FPL points over the last four weeks. Trippier had 46 over the last four weeks and Holland has 18. Crazy. That is insane. So, you know, 
next week he could have 22. But as of now, it's, it, I don't know, transferring him out is not a crazy decision, which is crazy to say. So I don't crazy. know. Um, yeah. So file him under the book of not essential, in my opinion, for the moment. Yeah. Bold move from the podcast here. But yeah, um, I think the next player that I want to talk about in the realm of essential or not essential is Ollie Watkins. And I am going to go out and say, live on this podcast, I think Ollie, Wat- Ollie, Wa- Ollie Watkins, oh gosh, words are, words are difficult. They are. Ollie Watkins is 100% essential to having teams. With, I agree. With their upcoming run of fixtures, Paul, could you share the upcoming fixtures with us? For yeah, Aston so Bill? it goes Luton at home, Nottingham forced away, Fulham at home. Tottenham away, Bournemouth away, and Man City at home. That is an incredible run of fixtures, right? Especially the next four to five. I mean, Luton at home. So good. At Villa Park is going to be, that could be a slaughter. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It seems like Luton may be figuring it out a little bit more. Yeah, they've been doing better, right? Um, So maybe they're not the... And just enough so that we can hope and wish that, um, you know, we get a Nottingham Force clean sheet and then... That gets wiped away from us real fast, but I'll take the blame for that. Um, okay, with with Watkins, though, he had 70 total points. He currently has 70 total FPL points. So five behind Sala? Um, he Sala's is, on 75. Yep, five sure. behind him. Watkins is also currently at hovering around 39% ownership, and he has returns of 9, 23, 5, and 11. For a grand total of 48 FPL FPL points over the last four weeks. Out of the players we've looked at so far and we will look at, that is the highest return over four weeks. 48 is incredible. And with those juicy fixtures lining up, he easily, easily could add to that total. Um, And we should say, right, whenever they played their match today against West Ham, Ollie Watkins easily could have had another goal as well missed a pretty much a sitter and you know for someone of that level yeah for sure so i mean think about that like he's he's a great asset to have and i in my opinion like i said at the top i think he's essential yeah i um i'm in full agreement with you luke i'm not going to disagree with any of that i think he looks like somebody that i mean you said he's got 70 points which is five points behind sala and it honestly feels like this year he's been kind of wasteful. <laughs> he's on 70 points. Yeah. So he, he just seems like somebody that, like we keep talking about, he's going to be the spear of Villa's attack, and it's going to basically be him and Diaby and, D- and Louise too that's going to be involved with that since he's on pins. And he seems like just a, honestly a nailed-on FPL asset, in my opinion. And it's funny that a lot of these people that were saying, yes, are, these are nailed-on assets, I don't have in my team. <laughs> so it's it this yeah. we're in a wonderful place right now with, with Paul's FPL team. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see there's how the time. Spurs fixture goes. There's time for it to get better, right? Maybe yeah. that Son captaincy pays pays dividends, especially this week. I don't think Son was a popular captaincy choice, right? Yeah, differentials. Definitely hashtag, Salah, hashtag differentials. <laughs> Salah got the priority on that one, I think, this week. Yeah. Um Okay, so you would say Watkins is essential. Do you have anything else on Watkins that you'd like to bring no, in? No, honestly, I, I think that, like I said, that so he's been 
really good so far from an FPL perspective this year. And yes, there was one really big week, but it feels like, like I said, that he has a lot more to offer than what he already has offered. So yeah, yeah, seems I, to be necessary going you know, forward. It, you know, it seems fair to bring up around I think game week four or five, he had been dribbling in about five pointers from assists. Right, he had this mm-hmm. run where he got I think three or four assists in a row, week in week out. Missed a lot of opportunities though, so it was really frustrating owning him. And there were points where I didn't seriously consider it, but it was on my mind thinking of, well, should I take Watkins out? And I had him, and then I sold him. Yeah. Before this run, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I definitely like. You were very really happy close. that I kept him. You were really close to selling him a lot of the time. Well, what would happen is would be I'd watch the match, see him miss all the chances, and I'd be like, oh, he's going out. And then I would think about it, think about it, and luckily kept him in. So. Um, dodged a bullet there, luckily. Um, but those upcoming fixtures are great. I think having a piece of villa in whatever way you think best is is definitely a good idea. Mm-hmm. I agree, Lucas. Yeah. All right. Um, so do we want to bounce to our next person? Yeah, go ahead. You lead the way on this one. All right. So the next person we have is Arsenal Starboy. I'm not talking about Declan Rice either. <laughs> I am talking about Saka. Saka. So, if we look at Arsenal's run run of fixtures over the next run of games, so they have. Let me see where's he at on my list. Okay, so it's Sheffield at home, which is really good. Right. Newcastle away, difficult. Burnley at home, good fixture. Brentford away, good fixture. Wolves at home, good fixture. Luton away. Right. So yeah. Arsenal probably have their best run of fixtures they've had maybe this season so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's starting to clear up a little bit for them. And so this one's really difficult for me because I'm honestly sitting on the fence about him being essential or not. Like, I don't know if I can give a clear cut answer to this, Luke, and that's kind of wishy-washy of me. But the reason why I say that is because Sokka this year, he's on, let's see, 58 points. So not bad. His price point is 8.5 million. But if we look over the last couple of game weeks, there's he had a 13-pointer, 9-pointer, 0, and 5 over the last four which is good, but his injury concerns right now, Arsenal's playing such a dangerous game that to have so much money wrapped up in this player that and Arsenal just feels a bit off right now. So to me, it's um, it's a questionable decision on my part. Like, I have him, I own him, but I don't know if he's essential because I think there's a better FPL asset out there, which I want you to give your thoughts and I can give you my idea about a better person to own. Yeah, I'll, and I would probably, that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to highlight someone in my answer here. So in my opinion, I think Sokka is not essential at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And there's always that big stipulation with someone that has this quality. The real question here, is he going to be healthy? Yeah. And is he going to be able to put in, you know, performances that, you know, will have him being a top FPL asset? We know if he's on the pitch, he will be. But now I'm just a little skeptical about his health. Don't know if I quite want to go to Saka, but with that Sheffield fixture looming, that seems like an excellent opportunity to get yeah. in on, get an Arsenal asset. So that's why I think Odegaard or Martinelli are two better options for the time being, right? That Newcastle fixture is going to be difficult. I don't know what to expect out of that. That's one of those big matches 
I mean, at that point, I mean, both will be top four, I assume, going into that match between Newcastle and Arsenal. And there will be certainly an air about it. Paul, is that fixture, is that at St. James or is that at the um, Emirates? So that one's going to be at St. James. Okay. And so that, we're going up north. That gives the game another edge into onto itself, right? Yeah. Um, I'm so, so excited to see Arsenal play there. Yeah, that'll be That's a lot gonna of fun. That's going to be electric. A lot of fun. So hopefully Sokka's healthy for that one. Mm-hmm. And you have to think, right? Arsenal are going to go into the match saying we are directly competing against the team that we're competing against for top four. So those points mean even a little bit more than they would otherwise. Um, so I expect to see Arsenal putting out their best team and Saka will be playing as long as he's healthy. Um, with that being said, the fixture there that you want to target is Sheffield. Yeah. And I think on the time horizon that we're looking at, Saka is not someone you can necessarily rely upon for playing in that. So from a risk perspective, Odegaard or Martinelli is the preferred option for me there. So but Saka, even Martinelli scares me too, because he's had injury concerns this year. So ding, ding, ding. We have our answer. Yeah. Odegaard. I think Odegaard is the move Possibly. for. But Odegaard really, like the last couple, like this year has been kind of different with Rice in the midfield. Okay. Look at this, right? I was looking at some of the numbers today. The matches that Odegaard has massively returned in are against lower tier sides. Teams yeah. that sit deep, they build up, and he gets that ball at the top of the box in that area where he's really dangerous after teams have been pushed back really deep and he thrives right in that position, mm-hmm. right? Cause you can either slip one through, take that little, I mean, he just loves finding the bottom corner. How many times have you seen him go top bends? He just puts the ball around the keeper left or right side. He can go either way and just mm-hmm. places it. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking for in this match. I think he could boss the game and end up with another 17 pointer um, against Sheffield. So, Someone I've got my eye on possibly bringing in for this upcoming week. We'll see what happens. Um, obviously, I want to wait for the European fixtures for that to go through. Um, yeah, so the soccer one, though, like, so I'm basically saying, yes, I do agree with you that I don't think he's es- he's essential. But it also feels like over this run of fixtures going forward, he has the spurred ability to have, like, a massive haul over the next five games. He really does. But what also seems very likely, in my opinion, is he could get hurt. Is Arteta's going to play him as much as he possibly can? Yeah. Right? Between um, champion, they have Champions, Champions League, League games Premier too, League, all these things. Um, cup cup games. Yeah. So I just, I think, I worry he's going to be overplayed like he yeah. has been. Let's yeah. hope not. Um, hopefully he gets some rest. But because of all that, I think that Odegaard is probably the best option, and Saka is not essential for this upcoming run. Okay. Can I go to somebody that I think is essential that we did not discuss before? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's get a little crazy here. So I think Jared Bowen. Jared Bowen. Okay. This is good. I like this. He is essential going forward. Let's hear why. And so it's also, so this, I don't think Jared Bowen's very flashy. He's on 58 points. So I think that's tied with Saka, as we just said. But there is a air of consistency about him. And if you watch their game today, he had in the like the first minute against Villa, he had that chance where he was like six yards out with his weak foot, put it on goal, good save. Like he just always floats around the box area. Right. Yeah. 
and the way that West Ham are playing right now, I don't know, man. I just, I just, I've all really like Bowen as a player, right? And West Ham, I mean, if you look at their run of fixtures going forward, I mean, it's really enticing. It goes Everton at home, Brentford away, Nottingham Forest at home, Burnley away. Sorry, I couldn't read. Crystal Palace at home and Tottenham, Tottenham away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, it's just a really good run of fixtures, and he's going to be involved with everything they do. And West Ham is a completely different team this year than they were last year. Yeah, they're going to yeah. create. They're going to play the way they want to, but they're still going to create chances, and they're still going to be aggressive. And Bowen's going to be a large part of that. So I think, especially for the price point, I mean, if you look at him, he's worth what? Let me see. He's seven point. He's worth seven point three. Yeah. To get that out of him, I mean, like, for what you're paying for what you get and the results returned, I mean. And something else we should say, right? Bowen is the fifth overall player based upon points total currently in FPL. He's sitting on 58 total points, and he's an incredible, um, incredible, com- I don't know what I'm trying to say. He's surrounded by very impressive FPL assets at that point total, yeah. right? He's got Trippier above him and Saka below him, and Alvarez right there too. So he is proving himself amongst the elites. But the, the big thing about Bowen too is that if you bring him in, you know, he's probably not going to have huge flashy numbers for your week. Like he can get a brace, he can get whatever. But I mean, his points come in like in consistency. He has nine, two, 12, seven, two, seven, nine, two, and eight. So those points are spread out, but over nine weeks, that yeah. adds up. You know, you mm-hmm. just have to kind of play. He's one of those players where you want to just put him in your team if you believe in him and let him sit. Yep. I agree completely. And let those points build up over time. It's like Kane last year, you know? Yeah. Not yeah, that I'm different. saying Bowen's new Kane. A little, a little, <laughs> a little different there between those two. Same, same concept, you know? Yeah. Same principle, different skill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a great shout. If there was one other player that I think I had to pick as essential, I mean, we already talked about him. It has to be Alvarez, right? Yes. What he offers to you, especially if you're building a non-Holland team, Alvarez has to be one of those three strikers that you have. And really, at this point, the striker options, you would say Alvarez would be locked if you don't if you're not going to have Holland. Alvarez would be locked, Watkins would be locked. And that third spot is kind of up for debate, right? Yeah. You could it's, say it's maybe hard Darwin to find somebody like really honestly a consistent third option there is yeah, hard to find. But without Holland, you can still go pretty expensive. You know, mm-hmm. maybe Isak if he's healthy. I'm not I'm not entirely sure, right? That one's a little more difficult. But Alvarez has shown he's gonna take up those really important positions for Man City. And let's be honest, he just he has a goal scorer's instincts, right? He knows where to be and regardless of how it happens, he puts the ball in the back of the net. Right. So great person to have in your team. Um, in my opinion, if you're building a non Holland team, that is what makes Alvarez completely essential. Completely agreed. Yeah. Completely um, agreed. Well, I think that's about it for us. Paul, do you want to go through um, and say maybe a player that you think is non-essential? We kind of highlighted some throughout the podcast though. Um, non-essential. Let me see. Oh, no, this is this is the best. Let's wrap up the podcast. Out of the players that we have listed, who do you think is the one that is most essential to have in your team? Mm, let me see. 
Um, going forward? Yes, going forward. I'm yeah. going to say Watkins. That is an excellent one to have. I think yeah. I will say Salah, though, um, just because probably for the same reason you selected Watkins, their upcoming run. Yeah, it's um, crazy. And Villas is absolutely insane. Villas is really, really enticing. Um, so something to keep an eye on. Hopefully this podcast has helped you guys narrow down who you want to have in your team, especially if you're wild carding, right? Because if you're building that wild card, these essential players are the ones that are gonna you're gonna build your teams around. Um, so kind of having a chat about who's essential, who's not, that should help you kind of focus in, pick those players that you need to have and go from there. Yeah, Luke, it's, um, I think this has been a good little discussion we just had. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Like you said, I hope it's been beneficial to everybody that listens. Um, like we said, I think um, something that we also also should highlight is make sure that everybody makes sure they're using their chips and that everybody kind of plans out if they want a wild card or if they don't, because I know that my team's in a bad position right now, but I know it's a bad decision to be hasty and to rush into a wild card when actually looking in the next couple of weeks, I think my team may play out pretty well. Yeah. So maybe yeah. dead ending my mm-hmm. team a couple of weeks from now is the way to play it. Yeah. So it just, it just depends on your thought processes, but just, just remember not to be too reactionary to one bad week because it happens. It's FPL. It's a roller coaster. And we're here to ride it with you. So that it is. It is for sure a roller coaster. Um, but thank you all so much for joining us. Um, be sure to be looking out for our tweets um, before the Game Week 10 break. No, Game Week twin, 10 deadline. I'm just struggling over here right now. Um, we will be releasing our teams. And just for a little teaser, I have already made a transfer into my team. So no be on the lookout whenever that tweet comes out to figure out who has already made it into my team. And if another person does, we'll see, you know, you never know. We'll see what comes up. It is. But thanks for joining us, everyone. Hope you have a good rest of your day, night, whatever it may be. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon.